Welcome to the Simply Charlotte Mason podcast. I'm Sonia Schaefer. Perhaps you've been in a situation where you've been applying Charlotte's methods with great expectations, maybe in narration or dictation or nature study, and you find that it's just not turning out the way you thought it was going to work. It's not measuring up to what you expected. What do you do then? Well, we want to talk about that today, and here to join me is my friend Amber O'Neill Johnston. Amber, has that ever happened to you? Oh, a time or two. <laughs> sure, there have been times where I'm sitting there wondering, what have I gotten myself into? And it's, it's hard. It is. It is, because you're not sure, did I make the wrong decision? Is Charlotte wrong here? And, and we're not saying Charlotte is infallible, right? by no means. No. But many times when one of her methods doesn't seem to be working in homeschool, at least in my experience, yes. that has happened in the past. Usually the problem was that I was doing it wrong or I was understanding it not completely. Yes. And when I went back and tweaked it, then things started to kick in. That has happened to me several times. So I think an incomplete understanding of how to um, work through a lesson in different subjects. So I know for me that my biggest example is with dictation. So I read it. I felt like I understood it. I'm going to give my child this passage. They're going to study it. I'm going to read it aloud one time slowly, and they're going to write it perfectly because they studied it so well, and everything's going to be fine. We'll move on. And yes, I was like, check. That sounds good. I like this. And I did that. I provided the passage, and I'm like, let me know when you're ready. And I read it, and what they wrote was not what I read. Um, <laughs> words were misspelled. Punctuation was missing. It was almost, in some cases, like they had never seen it before, and I had seen them looking at it. Um, and so I was immediately feeling, and we, we tried this for a while, and it didn't work any of the times. And I was like, okay, dictation is not for us. She was wrong. We need to go back to the good old spelling test, you know, the spelling list. And always, though, before I move away and do something like that, I like to really make sure that I understand. And when I went back and looked and read for myself, there were some key points that I was missing. And one was that I did not go over the passage with my child ahead of time. Um, so that alone changed everything for us. So we ran over it together, read it together, looked at maybe what some words that, that might need some special attention, pointing out special punctuation, especially things they hadn't seen before. And then I can say, okay, now I would like you to study this and so on. Everything else I, I thought was right, but I mm -hmm. missed the initial bit. And I feel like that really threw us off. So that's an example of where it wasn't a, there wasn't a problem with the method, but my understanding of the method was incomplete. I had the same experience with nature study. Okay. My understanding of nature study was, okay, it's time for nature study. Here are your nature notebooks. <laughs> Go outside and find something to draw. Yes. And that was it. Yes. And it was not kindling a love for nature in no. them. It was I was getting pictures of mailboxes, <laughs> you know. It was like something's not working here. Right. But when you go back, as you said, and study for yourself, go back and and learn more about it and say, okay, maybe I'm missing something here. And I need to learn more of how this should look sure. of how to actually do this the way Charlotte had it in mind. Yeah, and you talk about the nature study. I think that's another example, even for me, was the go sending them outside mm -hmm. versus taking them outside yeah. and what a big difference that makes. 
um, being able to, uh, I felt like uh, I was afraid to kind of go out with them because I thought I had to know everything. Right. I had to know the name of every flower, of every tree, uh, you know, so even there, but, but then realizing, oh, that I had to know everything because I was talking too much. So, you know, again, as the more that I read through, and I know some people are like, oh, you're going to tell me to read the volumes. And that's like I am just only (laughs) because every time I read through, I gain a deeper understanding. And sometimes I'll say, I like to use the word incomplete. It's not necessarily that I was doing something wrong. It wasn't Mm -hmm. harmful. I just didn't have a complete picture of what what Charlotte intended for that type of lesson. Yes. And I think also we need to go back to the principles. Yes. That's Charlotte often talked about when you have a question, okay, first back up to the principles. What is the principle behind it? And then move forward from there. Yes. And so sometimes what this looks like in our heads is a combination of the way Charlotte described it, but also what we've seen in other people and what we've heard on podcasts from other people yeah. and how they applied those principles to their own families. Sure. So we need to, yes, some of the some of the subjects we might not have a blow by blow, this is exactly what you do and what you say. Yeah. When there are those points, make sure you're following them. Yes. But if we can get back to the principle, the, the timeless guideline, this is what we're trying to accomplish and this is why we're going at it from this direction. Then you can tweak to fit your family as you go along. I think that's so important. And, you know, we talked about spending time in in nature study, but specifically nature journaling. I thought that it was supposed to be a work of art. And so that came again for me looking at what other people were doing and thinking that that was the end goal. The end goal to me was to have a very beautiful watercolor picture. Country Diary of an Edwardian Lady. Yes, that is supposed to be. And so the ours was so far off from that (laughs) that I'm like, oh, this doesn't work. This isn't, we're doing this all the time and we're never getting to that. Mm -hmm. And so therefore this isn't working. And in there, I had misplaced expectations and not a full understanding of the principle behind it. So the idea that the child's documenting what is happening and what they're observing. And sometimes it may just be words. It might not even be pictures at all. I didn't get that. I was like, we're making beautiful art and my kids are not doing that and I'm not doing that. It doesn't look like that. It should just magically happen. Yes, like, it's happening. So there are the principles and each family, each mother has a uh, different talent that she comes to the table with, different gifts. Um, And so as she um, lays those things out with her children, each child has a different manifestation of the lessons and ideas that they're getting. Mm -hmm. And so I think the idea of going back to the principles of what's the point of what we're doing and the point is not for whatever we're doing to look like our neighbor. Um, and, and we might get some great ideas from them, but that's sure. not the point. And so I think making sure we have good expectations um, as to wh- what we're doing and why we're doing it can help when we feel like maybe the method is failing us. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So when we have gone back and we've studied more, we're not just assuming the method is at fault. I think our first assumption should be Maybe we have an incomplete understanding. I love how you use that term, incomplete. Mm. So we go back and we study more. Then I think we have to be faithful to try and tweak what we're doing. Yes. Maybe not 
make huge changes. Maybe that's not what's required. Sure. But coming at it from a teachable spirit yeah. and a humble heart that, and, and even tell the children, yeah. okay, I learned more about this. And I know you've been frustrated with how we've been doing dictation, for example. Mm-hmm. And I found something that I think is going to help us. So here's what we're going to try next as an experiment and be faithful to try those changes that you've discovered yes. over, I'd say, several weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, you have to give it long enough. Because you've, you've learned incorrect habits, yeah. if you will. Mm-hmm. And so it's going to take a few weeks to get those habits replaced. Yes, and I think sometimes it's, it's easier than it may even seem because I know for me, sometimes I've added too much mm-hmm. to the method. Mm-hmm. And really, I just need to pull back. So I remember the first time I sat down with my children and said, we're just going to listen to this composer's music today. They were like, and what else? And we're just going to listen. Because I had layered so many things. Now I want you to always know, notice this and you see the crescendo that's coming. You know, I basically had given them way too much information. Commentary all the way through. Yes, yeah. and I'm talking over the music. So yeah. They can't even understand or get lost in it or really come to know the music. And when I said, let's just sit here, you have your snack, and we're just going to listen, it was a simplification that I feel like brought us closer to the principle or the idea um, behind why Charlotte had the students listening to this music. Um, so I love it when I've been doing too much. And the, and the <laughs> correction is actually to relax a little bit and to go back to the basics. Yes, yes. And if you are going to try to implement a new habit, mm-hmm. change what you were doing, mm-hmm. tweak it a bit, I would highly recommend that you put a note on your calendar six weeks out mm-hmm to come back and check in on that. Because I don't know if you're like this, but with me, if this, if the wheel isn't squeaking, I don't pay attention to it. Yes. So, you know, if we were having a hard time with the music study, for example, mm-hmm. and we simplified it, now we're just listening to it. After a couple of weeks of that, it's like, oh, that's running fine. And now I've turned my attention to something else mm-hmm. and completely forget about that. Yeah. Where with that reminder in a few weeks, check in on it, see how it's going. It's, it's almost a continual process yes, continue. of evaluating. It is, and, and also celebrating. Because yes. Because if, if it worked and the tweaks are doing going well, you almost forget to celebrate. Like, yeah. hey, we really got this. Like, now I understand, and now it's all coming together. Because like you said, you've moved on to something else. So you're in a constant state of pointing out all the problems that you have without celebrating the successes. So I think that's another reason to put that note in the calendar. And it can be easy. We're all going to have... Good days and bad days. Yes. That's so important. I think that, and I actually think that's the biggest one for me, is looking at those days and really focusing on it and saying, this isn't working. We had a bad day. It's because this isn't working. It's easy to panic. Yes. Especially if if it seemed to be going all right, and then suddenly, boom. It's like, what happened? Yeah. The wheels fell off the wagon. What do, you know? Nothing's working. Yes. It feels yeah. like that. It compounds, doesn't it? Yes. If one thing goes south, yeah. suddenly you think, I'm a failure. Nothing's working at all. We so generalize 
those moments. Well, it's coming out of feeling overwhelmed. And and mm-hmm. also the diligence, like really wanting to give your child this beautiful education. And when yes. it feels like it's not all coming together, we can tend to panic. Yes. So I think now, now that I have some years under my belt, <laughs> I feel like it has been very helpful to look back over the years instead of focusing on just the days. Mm. Because if I pick out certain days, there are plenty of times where I would have set this aside. I would have quit. But as I look at, at the years, I can say, oh, wow, I see the wisdom in what she said about this. So I think a lot of times staying the course, being diligent, and being willing to uh, have a long view of what we're doing can cover over a lot of the anxieties and you know those moments where we're feeling overwhelmed. We often think about evaluating how our children have grown over the years but we don't often look back at how we've grown in learning more about the methods and implementing them more faithfully. Oh, wow. That's really good. And I like how you just brought that out, how when we look back at those years, let's not just celebrate what our children have grown, but let's also celebrate what we have learned and the ways we have grown in, in understanding the principles, in getting a more complete picture, and being faithful in applying those as well. I think that's such a good point. And you know, one of the things that I I find funny, the more we understand and the more faithful we are, a lot of time that a lot of times that brings freedom with it because mm. when I understand um the point, I understand the principle so well, I actually have the freedom to maneuver within there to make something that creates something that works well for my family, for me as a teacher, for my children. Um, When I'm not certain of the reasons why or the principle or what's underlying it, I can tend to be very rigid, very legalistic. And um, that can sometimes, a lot of the problems have been born out of that as well. I'm like, nope, I can't make any changes. I can't make any small alterations because this is how it has to be done. And I find that the more I understand and the more I study, I realize that there is actually freedom built into those principles. It's the whole difference between a system and a method. Yes. Charlotte talked about we want a system. Our human hearts just tend toward a system where if you do A, B, C, and D, steps one, two, three, and four, you will churn out this result. Mm-hmm. Boom. But that's not what a method is. Mm-hmm. A method is... We have the goal in mind, and we use these principles to guide us toward that goal. And as you said, we can make little adjustments along the way so that we are teaching each child in a way that works best for that particular individual, That's right. respecting that child, and also giving ourselves grace yeah. to keep learning. I think so. That's really good. And I remember reading that Essex Chumley wrote about Charlotte that specifically that she did not give a recipe. Yeah. And I remember when I read that, it it was it felt a little emotional for me because I think I had been trying to follow the recipe. Um, and so just seeing someone speak of her as a third person to say like that was not what she was really doing. And can you kind of elevate where you're spending this time and really elevate up to the principles and the ideas behind it um, and to move away from that system and, and look at it as more of a method, I think was it was very life-giving for me. And I think to get there, though, 
you you need the experience and the yeah. confidence. At least it's never going to be one hundred percent, but growing yes. experience and confidence um, along with the study and continuing to educate yourself in the methods and learning more about the principles. It's just a continuous process. It is. We're <laughs> lifelong learners. <laughs> so I think it's that and, and being in community, I think, yes. um, has really helped me along the way with that. So places where maybe I was a little fuzzy in my understanding or had started to become very legalistic and, and systematic, it has been nice to have other mothers nearby to be able to say, well, have you looked at it this way? Or to even say, hey, check out, I was thinking of you when I read the volumes this weekend, look at page, you know, 237 or see what she said about this. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's really eye-opening. Um, that has been very helpful. And I've done that for other mothers. So I think there's a lot of value to growing um, yourself and within the structure of your family, but also growing within community. That's a great point. And we don't need to fear that we're going to ruin our children because we haven't done it 100%. I, would, I was going to say correctly, but because we have not done it perfectly sure. from the beginning. No. I, we don't need to fear that. Any of Charlotte's methods that we can give to our children, I think enriches their education, enriches their experience. Yes. And it also enriches them as persons. It's part of their education as a person to watch us walk through those hurdles, yeah. the, how we handle those um, situations where we're, we're not seeing the results we thought we would see. So what do you do in that situation? Do you throw up your hands and say, I give up? Do you blindly keep pushing, hoping that somehow this brick wall is going to disintegrate right. in front of you, you know? Right. Or do you, with an open mind and heart, go back and learn more and talk to people in your community mm -hmm. and look at it from different angles and get back to the basics, to the principles, and see how we need to tweak things and then try that and reevaluate and keep going that way. I think that whole process is so important for our children to see us do. Oh, it is. It's an iterative process, and yes. they can see it play out right in front of them, like that real-world experience. So we can talk about it, and they can get ideas from the things that they learn, but sometimes the parent, we're, we're their first example, and when they can see, I think also this is a problem, if we want to call it that, of continually learning. People who stop learning and stop getting new ideas, well, they're not going to have these issues. Yeah, but if you continue yeah. to grow, you, uh, Maya Angelou always said something similar to, when you know better, you do better. And mm -hmm. it was a longer quote than that. But mm -hmm. essentially, that's what she's saying. Like, you don't need to beat yourself up about it because you didn't know. And now that you know, you're going to do it differently. And then that's all there is to it. So I think there's beauty in that. I also find comfort in thinking um, the generations of moms who have been using Charlotte Mason's methods long before I have I was, um, their children didn't have the benefit of all of the PR articles that we have and all of the archives yes. and schedules and things that are still being um, digitized right now and being made available. And yet we look to them as examples. And I think like, 
if they were to do it all over again, there would be expansion and some of the ideas, things that they would implement differently. But does that mean that their children didn't have a beautiful education? Not no. at all. Yeah. yeah. So I look at that and I think, okay, so you know, right now I'm living somebody's yesterday. You know, there are going to be people coming behind me and they're going to have more information and they're going to deliver lessons differently based on what they've learned or how they've grown. But there's still value in what I'm doing today. It isn't all on our shoulders um, to begin with. So I don't know. I feel like those ideas bring me peace. Thanks. You're welcome. If you enjoyed this podcast, subscribe through iTunes, Google Play, or your favorite podcast app so you don't miss an episode. You can also subscribe to the video version of this podcast or read the blog post on our website at simplycharlottemason.com. All of those links will be in the notes, along with links to any resources that I mentioned. Thanks for joining me. I'll see you next time.